welcome reanimated fans and happy holidays uh for whatever holidays you celebrate um i am h.a conrad coming to you from brooklyn and as always joined by my intrepid co-host Stuart tiffin hello Stuart. hail uh happy saturnalia yeah from uh you're coming from the west coast where it's a lot more uh balmy which is good um so so feeling fortunate that we're not sort of dealing with some of the catastrophes that are going on in the the rest of the country um, yeah my heart really <laughs> goes out to everybody uh, trapped in this um these terrible winter storm conditions it's, yeah. it seems really rough so i hope everybody is warm and digs out soon um if you're if you're dealing with that um and hopefully uh, heading into the new year on a, on a high note. <laughs> um, but uh, we today we are going to be chatting about episodes five and six of Interview with the Vampire series. Um, but uh, we usually talk about news, but I think just due to the holidays, there is a dearth of news. So we will be skipping over that part for now and just hopping into our review summaries of these episodes. Uh, the first is A Vile Hunger for Your Hammering Heart. Um, and that... Uh, you know, that sort of picks up where we left off the last episode where we saw that Claudia is clearly dealing with some some severe PTSD, trauma, a variety of things, growing pains, vampire growing pains. Uh, so uh, ready to hop into it, Stuart? Yeah, let's do this. These were these were fun episodes. I enjoyed these. They were. They were. Um, and I have to say, again, just cannot, I think that this cast is really strong and they have great chemistry together. And I think that the tension between Louis Lestat and Claudia is just masterfully done and really just a testament to the skills of these actors. So I really hope that they end up in other things. Um, if this doesn't sort of continue, I think there's a possibility it might, uh, based on where we are in the story anyway, but, um, but anyway, this episode was really just delightful, in my opinion. Just a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on, where basically Claudia has gone completely off the rails, and she's and it's. But it's also like they they really walk the line. And maybe I'm just a dark person, but the dark comedy of this episode I thought was just so <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I mean, to me, it's just very much in keeping with some of the things. Uh, that you know even in the book about Claudia that they that they you know uh, talk about but obviously with a different twist because she's a bit older but still um, I thought that the I don't want to say the montage scenes but they are kind of mon murder montage scenes with Claudia were really just excellent and, oh, and the the home uh, search was yes. just like one laugh after another and i do I think know, and it's you're, almost you're, like it was humor written for a vampire like a vampire would find exactly this amusing what, right that's exactly what it was and it's just like she's got you know she's basically been murdering people and you know taking taking souvenirs and she's got them hidden in the house and the police are coming to search and she's like trying to hide body parts in places. And I'm, I'm trying not to laugh, but it is, I mean, it's just really well done. And, um, the Claudia is just hilarious, but also Lestat's reaction to it is really great. I mean, at least Louis is, you know, upset about it, but Lestat is actually somewhat like admiring in a strange way <laughs> so uh, although he's upset obviously with the the repercussions but um there is just this great uh like comical 
sort of like, like how it all unfolds in this particular these scenes i thought was excellent so this episode also begins with um a scene from dubai where malloy is reading from claudia's diary where she's been recording the last words of her victims on like 40 something pages of her diary and he's mm-hmm. reading them out loud while louis is feeding on rashid yep um which raises a big question after the next episode we're talking about today uh, and Rashid is like looking pretty happy about getting fed on, but also yep. not really being taken down a peg the way Damek was. Like yep. he doesn't seem dizzy when he gets up. He just kind of gets up and walks away. And Louis is feeding on him for, for a, while. a while. Yeah. So I thought that that was an interesting scene to start the episode uh, yep. before they jump into the uh, and this realization that she's killed 56 people while Louis and Lestat thought that she was just sulking in her coffin. She's right. been off the rails. Yeah, off the rails and then not doing such a great job at hiding them. She just kind of like leaves them in, in this area, which is what brings like the, the police to their door eventually, which is that, you know, they're basically they're in, they're in a flood zone and she's left all the bodies in a place where they are easily discoverable once the water comes up. Uh, and Louis, who has lived there all of his life, fully understands that in a way that I think, uh, you know, like Claudia doesn't have enough sort of knowledge of this, but he's just like, really? <laughs> Like you're gonna you're gonna leave it in the place where they can be uncovered really easily. So, you know, but it makes kind of sense because she isn't physically big, um, and you know she kind of has to be in a spot where she could easily um, sort of sort of hide them. And this is sort of the most e- the easiest. But she does it much like a kid would do, right? Like she she isn't thinking too much beyond. Uh, the moments where she's just like taking them out, getting their yeah. thoughts, recording them and things like that. Like she's quite impulsive. Um, so How I thought that, that this was, this was excellent. It was, fun. it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, the, the scene where they go to the bar to meet with um, what's, I feel like that guy's name is Anderson. Yeah. The co- he's, he was like just a muckety muck. Now he's running for Congress. Mm-hmm. What, what was your takeaway from this scene? He he reveals that he wants them to support his campaign financially. Mm-hmm. He reveals also that he knows that they are going to be um, searched. the searched because of the 56 uh, disappeared people who all are, or many of them are from the French quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, so Louis goes and hypnotizes the police commissioner or police chief and Lestat hypnotizes I'm going to call him Anderson because I don't remember his name Uh, and then gives him a little cross on his cheek with his fingernail. What do you feel like was going on in this scene? Because I was a little like, why did they have to hypnotize them? Yeah, I was I think just to give them time to get out, because I think that the idea was that they were going to hold them there for a little bit um, until they conducted the search while they were not home. Um, But, you know, the thing the things that bother me about the this show is just that they do have all these powers and sometimes it feels like they use them and sometimes it feels like they don't. Um, So, you know, I kind of feel like the minute they found out their house was like, why even do you need to do that? Cause since Lestat can just kind of stop time or make people think that time is stopped. Mm. Right. Like why even bother? minute you hear it get out but maybe they wanted to know his motivations a little bit more same thing when when the police are searching their house it just seems a little odd they totally just let them do it they don't right they, like it yeah. just is, it's like why even bother there's not that many of them or you, there's three of you 
who have like insane powers maybe because it'll bring more attention but at this point you're kind of already burned right this was the first time we got to see louis use um hypnotism powers on the police chief i don't think we'd ever seen that before and we don't know if claudia can actually even do that right um so uh, yeah so that's the only part that i sometimes am a little not that i'm confused by it but it doesn't feel like they use it consistently Mm. um and they aren't giving you enough an explanation about why they might not use them which is you know maybe they get burned out if they use them too much or maybe if there's too many people paying attention they can't do it or something like that but it just feels like that doesn't make any sense given how many people were at the other place (laughs) at the bar um or wherever they were yeah um you know like I just felt like there were there yeah, was, it was a speakeasy, wasn't it? That was the point. Speakeasy, it was like a yeah, speakeasy yeah. during prohibition. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just and and again, these are people that are not really or not even people. These are vampires. So they're not really restrained by a lot of the same things that would restrain normal humans. So they are fully capable of going and disappearing and and not ever or, or leaving enough time. Uh, to have it pass where nobody would even remember. Um, They could also take some space and honestly just murder everybody that knows anything about what's happening, right? Um, So that's the part of the story that I'm not fully um, jiving with, but it's fine. I'm not going to get too far into that. I still am really enjoying the whole thing, and I enjoyed uh, how how this all came to pass in their confrontation with Claudia. Um, well, it certainly and- becomes a confrontation and Lestat basically right. rejects her in this scene. Now yep. he's, he's completely over her as an experiment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and she decides to move out. And I thought that this was a, a really interesting addition to this story. Um, she is a teenager, right? And, and yep. so she's like, screw you guys. I'm going to go out and do it my way. And I don't need you. Um, yep. And, she heads she heads out and uh there was some great lines in this episode and the one that i liked here was um we were just a simmering pot of resentments there was no roaring 20 for us we yeah. would be underground for seven years and then they, they there is a time jump uh to see you know that their townhouse is kind of devolved into just right. a um a hoarder house there's a raccoon in the hallway louis right. has and- just got his own couch like with piles of books on either side of it i just thought that there was some great well, like they, I mean, they set it up with those great lines and then they had that amazing set dressing too for yeah. the scene um and this i guess is the equivalent of a vampire in depression or something yeah like seven that, years right? of depression um but this is my point is that maybe it's just that they couldn't um from a mental point of view and i'm sure louis wanted to stay there in case claudia came back um but it's not like they had to live like this it's not like they were totally bound to New Orleans. They could have gone anywhere, but I guess he wanted to probably stay there just in case Claudia returned. Um, And then, um, and, you know, and he kept sort of sending thoughts out to her and, and, you know, to, to get her to come home and she would not, Mm. but other people could obviously, or other vampires could obviously hear it as we found. And um, the, the relationship between Louis and Lestat is just even more broken down. Like there is no kind of, um, you know, they, they just, just hate each other or Louis definitely hates Lestat. Um, And I think that one of the things that's really powerful about this whole thing is the idea of Claudia out in the world on her own without any sort of protection without because she is like basically a kid vampire 
And she doesn't really know anything about the world, despite how, quote, unquote, old she is in real time. And we do see um, what she's been doing. She goes, she basically has been it's kind of funny how they they do do it but she's kind of been going to college basically mm-hmm. um and, not taking classes though but just going to the library yeah just going to the library and um and then we finally in this scene see or in this episode see another vampire outside of their little circle um named bruce and they do pull a little bit of a switcheroo here where he seems as if he's actually on her side but turns out to be um pretty pretty horrible and she's quite vulnerable and we don't know exactly what happens to her in this particular scenario because uh louis will definitely not talk about it even though daniel malloy really tries to get him to talk about it um so that is you know i think we all can i think we can all surmise but it's just interesting that he's just so uh like it's it to me it's very clear to everybody it's very clear but he just cannot even talk about what happened to her and um to the point with what he does to daniel is is really uh not not great either like he like exacerbates his parkinson's Mm -hmm. and he isn't even pushing that hard i would say malloy can be pretty rude but I don't feel like he'd even gotten to his rudest, you know, before uh, Louis is like just aff- afflicting him. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because he's been, you know, maybe it's just that he's trying to tell his own narration and he has very clearly very specific boundaries. But there's parts where he's very open about things. So this is clearly a no go zone. But um I agree with you. I didn't think that Malloy was really overstepping that much any more than he has earlier that we have seen and any more than Louis would probably expect from somebody from him yeah. knowing who he is. But um, it's it's a very instant reaction. So I guess, you know, you can kind of surmise how strongly Louis feels about this and guilty he feels, actually. So um, but in this case, we get a few pieces of information which is that there are other vampires out there mm-hmm. they're very different apparently than how Lestat and Louis are it seems like they're a little bit more predators um and have different it, yeah at multiple levels and Bruce's yep. Bruce's origin story is quite interesting like he's he's he was made in Copenhagen mm-hmm. and then came home uh and where he thinks he, he thought he was the only vampire until he heard Louis calling for Claudia I thought that was kind of an interesting yep. detail Um, And then obviously he does whatever he does to Claudia, but he can hear other vampires. He's been hearing Louis, which is in some part, maybe part of how he found her. Um, But it's, you know, so I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing. And then, um, you know, Claudia's Claudia's return is before we get to her return. I would also just like to touch on after after he um, dials up. Malloy's Parkinson's Rashid comes into the room and is saying Louis would like to apologize or Mr. Dulac would like to apologize or he apologizes. He's speaking for Louis. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, it, it this scene, based on the end of the next episode, makes more sense to me now, where he is asserting like Rashid, who is twenty something. Louis mm-hmm. even says, "You're twenty something. What do you think about X, Y?" Uh. He's being very assertive and he has been kind of throughout the whole series, other than the fact that once in a while, Louis has dismissed him out of the room by saying, Rashid, you're lurking or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just Rashid is a very curious character and becoming more so. Um, he and is, so I, and I thought, it's kind. Of, I do like how you don't. Not that you don't pay as much attention to him, but he doesn't seem quite as important. And now he's sort of coming more into focus for the audience. So I think that it's pretty clever how they do this. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and start to magnify his importance um, because they definitely play up the fact that he's quote unquote just a lackey at least in daniel malloy's eye but but daniel is very interested in him for he calls him a rent boy in this episode yeah 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 and so i i really enjoy how they how they develop his particular character and you see a lot more of him um but um and the other thing i was going to say is that one of the purposes of claudia quote unquote going to college is that she wants to find out information about uh, vampirism, any folklore, any information, because um, both she and Louis both feel as if they are completely in the dark about a lot of the info. Like they feel like Lestat has been hiding a lot of things. Every once in a while, they'll get a little drip of information, but both feel that there is a lot more possibly. Um, so she's yeah. been gathering all this information. That was her purpose of like going to these libraries and things that like that. That was fascinating. Um, we also have a scene here before she comes back and reveals everything she's learned and her plan to go to Europe. She, mm -hmm. um, she follows Louis and she, it turns out she's been following Louis and Lestat. She's been back in town for a little while. It wow. seems like. Yeah. And she's followed Louis to a cemetery meeting that he's having with his sister, Grace, again. And as most of his family meetings go, this one also goes quite unpleasantly. Poorly. She has basically inscribed his name on a gravestone in the mm -hmm. cemetery, uh, says that she, he died in 1930. I don't know what year it's supposed to be in this scene. Uh, we do get to 1937 in the next episode. And uh, she's like, we got our savings got wiped out in the stock market crash and we're going to Boston, I think. Um, yeah. And then they're like, then they, they just leave. And she's like, you're not my brother and whatever. And it's like, Louis is obviously wrecked. This is his last connection, mm -hmm. personal, like relative connection to, uh, the world, to the city yeah. and to maybe to the way, but she's not dead. Like, so she might still bounce back, but I imagine we might next see her as a grandma or something. Maybe. Um, but but Claudia realizes that she's basically a surrogate for his sister, that he misses his sister. And that's part of why he did what he did, which I think is semi true, not completely true. But um, she uh, this is something he's never shared with her. So I thought that that was interesting that she kind of takes what she does from this particular scene. Yeah. Um, but which is what kind of encourages her to come back also, because right. she realizes she feels like she is defined by Louis and Lestat, even if she no, less so by Lestat, but like not being with them, she finds, I think a little bit difficult. And so she does return. Louis just gets up and gives her a big hug. Lestat is like, Ooh, the prodigal he's daughter. Quite, he's not quite as happy. <laughs> so. Uh, so she reveals all the things she's learned. She talks about the places she wants to go. Lestat's just like, those vampires will tear you to pieces. Uh, and she's like, why? Yeah, that that's where she's like, you're not telling us everything. You know, tell us what you know. And instead, he just kind of. And then she says to Louis, like, let's go. You, we don't need him. We can go. And Lestat flies into a rage and um, attacks her first. Louis defends her, and then a huge fight breaks out. 
Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is incredibly hard to watch and incredibly violent, and it's really awful. Um, and it's the- mostly from her perspective, which I thought was quite interesting, and she's not involved yeah. in most of the fight. She's been attacked, she is injured, mm-hmm. but she's mostly just crying and, and like, cowering while you hear most of the fight happening. And every so often, Louis and Lestat come through a wall or a ceiling or a floor, right? I thought that was really cool. Well, and it's also invoking this, like, very much a domestic violence piece yeah. like, and through the eyes of, like, a kid watching this happen with her parents. And you even hear Louis saying things like, oh, it's okay, Claudia. <laughs> and like, oh, don't worry about it, as he's clearly being just destroyed by Lestat. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, and it takes it so above and beyond because they're vampires. So, obviously the limitations that human bodies would have, they still do have limitations as we find out, but not quite to the same extent that humans have. They can be hurt, but they, um, and they can heal from that, but they, but it takes a long time. It's still depending on the strength of the vampire, they can be injured pretty horribly as we've seen. And then the big reveal in this whole scene is that Lestat actually can fly or uh, hover. I don't know. Hover, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but he it, hovers up to like 3000 feet. It feels like here. Mm-hmm. With with Louis, after he's beaten the hell out of Louis, Louis doesn't have much left in him. Yeah. Um, and he says, "There's more like great one-liners here. It's like I've been waiting so long for you to love me so patiently. Let me hear you say that. I let me hear you say I'm never going to love you. That would really help me out. Um, mm-hmm. I think Sam Reed, the guy playing with that, sometimes I feel like he kind of over delivers he does he does over just, do it a little bit. It but... also just feels like what Lestat would be like, like kind of yeah. over dramatic." Because he is. He's annoyingly overly dramatic. Uh, and that's even his character in the book. So I do and, think yeah. that's probably on brand, right? Yeah, yeah, it's I'm this performance, these two guys, and and the and Bailey Bass playing Claudia, just like you said at the beginning, so good. So much fun to watch these three. And they're obviously be, being given good dialogue, and the story is spinning in directions that are unexpected to people who are somewhat familiar with the narrative that we, you know, from mm-hmm. the book. So altogether, this episode is just, it, it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and the next one also spins off in, in, in new directions too. And a lot of this is because of the time zone or the time zone, the time period. Mm-hmm. We're getting into the 30s. In the next episode, we get into World War II. Like there is, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. But long story short, uh, Louis gets dropped like 3,000 feet and is a broken, broken person. Lestat does not return um and the like the episode kind of just ends with like happy sounding guitar music yeah claudia looking at louis broken body in the courtyard of their house and so that then it hops into you know it leaves it's a pretty dark note um and then the other thing i do want to comment on and this is again this has been evident throughout the whole series the cinematography, the the edits, the choreography especially with like the fight scene scenes is really impeccably done um, and even how they're portraying, you know, Claudia with Bruce, what they're showing and what they're not showing um, is just it's it's this is a really well done series. So um, and jumping into the next episode, which is, you know, we went from like having this like fireworks of a like fight scene, just everything coming to a complete head between Louis Lestat and Claudia and then going into this next scene, and again, the theme of domestic violence is absolutely there. Oh, um, God, yeah. And so you've got Louis and Claudia, basically, you know, Lestat's gone. Um, and this episode is like angels put in hell by God. Um, 
and these, uh, you know, and it basically this is sort of the not healing scenes, but but Claudia is helping uh, Louis recover. He's <laughs> it's totally much- his rehab is chasing a baby goat right. around the house. And then the goat, the goat to make sure he's strong enough to get prey. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> and then throwing the cards into the hat. I thought those there were three like really cool yes. little scenes about his like recovery and her how she is in. in- enabling him and i thought that those were those were great um and it really really does like these are happy scenes even though he's like broken and and Mm -hmm. recovering they are happy together and Mm -hmm. it really makes you realize later when lestat shows up again like what an unwelcome presence he is in their in their dynamic well an unwelcome and feared presence um he has showed his hand he has showed what he is capable of uh despite the fact of how much he says he loves louis um, the things that he did to Louis, uh, that is not something, the tension there that is always going to be there is is kind of hard to miss. Um, the only sort of difference is that he, the, the time element um, is there and he basically kind of says it at, like he, that he can wait forever and whatever. It, like, like it's really an interesting dynamic because he just keeps showing up and and. Uh, I mean, we're talking about like they talk about years going yeah, by th- at least three years. Um, um, and yeah. he shows up with like presents, like a car. Oh, and... It's six years, actually. Yeah. Like yeah, they, they like... show some scenes like he comes to the door with a with a book and Louis throws his coffin out the window. And then three years later, he gives him a car, which they reject. And then three years after that, um, he comes with the 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 record. He makes a, an album for Louis. But has Antoinette sing the vocals, which is just enough to have Louis like react, which is yeah. probably what he was looking to what do, get a rise out of him. Um, and I thought that that was an interesting, interesting scene there too. Yeah. Uh, and I did like also that we had a scene in Dubai with Malloy and Louis saying like, "Wait, so he can fly?" And so Louis goes into the cloud gift and how it's rare, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, and some people get it. Um, there is just this insane power imbalance, though, between Lestat and the others. Right. Um, but yeah, so after six years, Louis goes to Lestat, really. I mean, not not without like a lot of impetus. Uh, and then that kind of opens the door. We do have that interesting scene with them saying, all right, these are the six rules. Lestat seems contrite. Uh, and tells them some background about Magnus, which does feel straight out of the lore. Well, and that's, but that's also from Vampire Lestat. Like that was not from Interview with the Vampire. They know nothing about his, like, uh, um, maybe he hints at it, but this is the story that he tells in Vampire Lestat. And this is, you know, the story that eventually, at least in the book series, gets him some amount of sympathy from Louis because he didn't understand that that was sort of the the circumstances and under which Lestat was made. And so, you know, in, in ter- so, so I do think that it makes sense for him to sort of share a little bit here. And th- this is where they're torquing a little bit of the story, but I get why they do it. And this makes sense to me, uh, especially given how much they've changed with the Claudia storyline. Um but, you know, Lestat is Lestat. And one of the, the things that they talk about is that um, he has to kill Antoinette, who is his 
singer human lover and he's like oh and they never they basically just keep saying it but he never says anything yay or nay right and it obviously he does not kill her well he does bring them a newspaper article that says that she's died in a in a fire and a finger with with a ring of hers it's actually her finger yeah Uh, but it is she's yeah he he never killed her and the 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 real injustice here before we even get to him being terrible again later a domestic abuser is that he asks for his own rule which is that they all hunt humans and louis goes with it he goes for it mostly because i think claudia also says that it feels like she's it's a judgment on them by him and so i think that's what pushes him to hunt humans again they don't spend a lot of time they don't dwell on it they just show him following a guy right like yeah. right after they have the conversation so yeah. he is like okay i'm doing it i'll uh i can i can do this for for the family and he is the compromiser in this yeah. episode she's not compromising lestat it turns out is only pretending to yeah uh and it is it is just a, a tableau of domestic abuse and the patterns that that can follow with those sort of terrible situations. And, you know, I do think that even in his, um, you know, his kid, not list out, I wouldn't call it a confession, but in his sharing information about how he was made, um, it still doesn't explain all of his powers. Um, but, you know, no. he, he does try to excuse some of his own behavior by saying, you know, this is why I'm so lonely and hate being lonely. And I don't like being abandoned because I had to, I was so lonely and had to figure out all this stuff by myself, which is interesting considering how much he has withheld from them um, because he certainly has not been exactly a great teacher in terms of the things. I mean, he did a little bit when Louis first turned into a vampire. Remember, he was trying to sort of give him some pointers, but he did it in a very perfunctory way. Like, okay, this is what you do. Don't drink till the end and whatever. But I guess in his mind, he felt like this was a much more caring way to teach how, you know, to teach about what they were, but, you know, and, and certainly more from what he says than he ever got, but he's not exactly, you know, a, uh, a caring and loving teacher uh, in general. And he definitely uses uh, knowledge and withholds knowledge to, to hold power over them. Yeah. I mean, Louis is even rationalizing that in the, in the distant, future right with in dubai he's like when malloy's like why do you think he didn't tell you that he could fly and louis like well i guess he didn't want us to have a power imbalance and it would have made our love more difficult or something along those lines it feels like such which is it seems really strange given that he never seems to have a problem with that otherwise right (laughs) so so yeah i think that's somebody sugarcoating something yeah um However, the one part of this where they do try to have a more equal family dynamic is that they're, you know, they're calling Claudia sister versus daughter um, or niece. Um, and, you know, it. I do think that this is but but Claudia and, you know, and they also say new secrets, but Claudia and Louis actually are still talking to each other and she's saying some very like subversive things she is clearly much more unhappy about this whole situation and feels very trapped um and the the re-entry of lestat into this um little triumvirate uh is definitely much more painful for her than louis um although louis acknowledges that his relationship is not healthy um but he's still 
very much he seems there's a lot of tension but he seems much happier than claudia and he still has a lot more agency than claudia does in this whole dynamic so oh, certainly by the end of this episode we realize yep. she has no agency nope. um the scene of like so lestat uh, excuses himself to go hunt alone one evening uh and turns out he just goes to Ponchatula to shack up with antoinette and it was nice to see he's just there griping about louis and claudia and how you know they're they're ticking him off and yeah. you know pan to outside the on the balcony and there are louis and claudia just listening in and and then walking home i thought that was a really interesting scene he's where louis is just like mm-hmm. like he's all kinds of messed up but there's no point in trying to do anything like what's the point it, it's right. so fatalistic um right. i thought that was kind of interesting yeah, and I mean, I do think that there's some acknowledgement by Louis that, you know, and that this plays into sort of what happens in the next piece of this where he gets the position that Claudia is in and, you know, as much as it would hurt him, wants her to to do her own thing and find her freedom um, and get, get out from under the thumb of Lestat. Um, but it's kind of interesting to me what plays out here, but I guess... I guess Lestat's interest is more about like he doesn't really or at least he does not purport to care about Claudia that much except how it affects how Louis is right Mm -hmm. um so I find that to be kind of interesting because um you know basically Louis sort of I don't want to say he sets her free but there is a lot you know she basically says all these things to him in her head that they're basically enslaved to him, that she thinks that this is what's happened with um, that Magnus had enslaved um, Lestat. And so that's why, and that he probably killed him and then he did this to them. And there's like a lot of things that she, she's drawing a lot of conclusions about, but she does say that this is how she feels, that she has no power, that she's just kept here yeah, I does. thought that was a really interesting. That was their first chess game of this episode when she's <laughs> saying those things in her head to Louis, um, right. and she says one of them out loud to Lestat. That basically, he's he's being terrible to her. He's making fun of her for being bad at chess, and she's like, "Well, you know, my master only taught me enough chess so that to uh, I could take right. up time or something along those lines, not to be an equal partner." Which is, you know, a great metaphor for their entire relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then internally to or to to Louis, she's making all those other um, parallels. Uh-huh. I thought both of the chess scenes in this episode were were really fun. Yeah, I mean, f- fun in quotes, like interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um, and finally, she makes up her mind to to leave, and she's trying to get Louis to come with her, but he is. Um, he says to her, "You know, you don't need me." He's really in a dark place. I feel like Louis. Yeah. Uh, you say that he's happy, but I feel like it's it's not a happiness like I recognize. It's a fake. It's a fake happiness. I mean, yeah. he he feels trapped too, not in the same way, but I think he feels trapped as in his emotions. And I mean, while he is doing what what he said he would do to hunt humans, that has always been a point of contention for him. He does not feel. Like that, he does not feel good about that and never, and really does, you know. Um, So I feel like maybe he is living and he's trapped, but he doesn't want to tell Claudia that. But he's still, I mean, look, he's still pretty involved with 
um, Lestat. And again, I think the parallels to like an abusive relationship could be drawn in a, you know, here where he does not feel like he has the agency to get out of it. And, um, but he does feel like he can help get Claudia out of it to some extent. Yeah. It's just that cycle of him coming back and being so contrite to now mock openly mocking Claudia again. Uh, he's not being cruel to Louis, but that's, you know, that it's, but he is kind of, because the one sort of, the one thing that really pushed Louis buttons was about Antoinette and he, he very much ignored that. And And Louis is like, he wanted us to find him also. Yeah. He totally did. Yeah. It's um, so the, the patterns are all reemerging. And by that second, well, I guess the second chess match happens after Claudia tries to escape by train. I would love to know how Lestat had tracked her down. Um, I thought that was an interesting like reveal because the first time we see her, it looks like she's getting away. Yep. She's even giggling to herself. She's so happy. And we're like, oh, good for you, Claudia. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how's this story going to go from here? She's like, yeah. she's disappearing again. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, Lestat shows up and really threatens her. Uh, and t- and the dog with a scene where he's got the dog licking the blood from his hand and then yep. says, back in your cage, girl, mm-hmm. I think is what he even says. And he's looking at Claudia. Claudia. Oh, God. Um, I mean, you know. It's not like subtle, but it was still very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he yeah. even, and it's again, it's so manipulative. It's such a, like, not even all that subtle play, but it is um, just, you know, even how he reveals that Claudia is back to Louis when Louis thought that she had escaped. And Louis is even talking about basically immolating himself um, and, you know, like, basically saying that oh he he got claudia out so he was just gonna wait to do it but like he planned to maybe off himself in the sunshine or something and like uh and he comes back to find that lestat is like sort of seemingly talking about the the world world war when in fact he's like oh and isn't it great that claudia came home and that she's not uh gonna be in danger in europe and you know, the reveal that she's sitting there and, and has not escaped or has been brought back is just crushing, right? She she um, looks very uncomfortable. We know something is wrong, and then we get that flashback yeah. to, to see exactly why. Yeah. Um, and then we have the second chess match of the episode uh, where um, she is talking to Louis about how he how the way to beat Lestat is to be him or to be like him and then think five steps forward. And yep. while she's saying that, she's doing that in chess. Yep. And Lestat is still his outwardly, we don't know what he's thinking, but he's just mocking her, saying like, oh, you're going to do that? How predictable, what an idiot you are kind of stuff. Yep. Then she sets him up for checkmate, but then goes to bed like without top like without taking the king i don't know i don't feel like you have to take the king and checkmate i feel like you just you can can end the game right there right but he gets live he's livid he's like throwing the board around he's yelling at her very sore loser and um (laughs) meanwhile claudia and has been saying we're gonna kill the stat and this is we're gonna do it uh i thought that was an insanely good scene also and um you know louis is not taking it all very well i feel like he's he's not sure what to do right but he's also not talking about suicide anymore so i mean i feel like the suicide thing was really i mean he does say i teased the the daylight or something that day but he didn't really he came home it was still nighttime also in this episode we've got the the voodoo stuff on their front doorstep which i think is a fun little 
little ep- um, addition, like a couple of times they come out and there's a voodoo doll and a little circle of salt or something in yeah. front of their, and people on the street are saying, don't look at them. So they're, they're kind of in, they're in trouble, I feel like. So whatever's happening next has to happen and then they have to bug out, which I believe is what right. season two is going to be about. Right, right, right. Uh, but then we have a final scene in this episode in the, in Dubai. Yes. Uh, where Malloy, who's also been getting his medication for Parkinson's in this episode, has passed out on the couch and is having a dream about 1970 whatever San Francisco. Right. Uh, where he meets Louis in this bar and they kind of connect mm-hmm. and say, I want to interview you. Whatever else happens, I'm cool. Right. Um, Which implies a few different things, right? A few different things. Uh, and then Rashid is there and Louis is like, hey, do you want to come? And Rashid's like, no, you guys go ahead. And, and then Daniel very annoyed. Daniel bolts awake. I mean, he looks like himself, like kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this to me is not like evidence that Rashid was there so much as uh Daniel Malloy is having a drug dream oh yeah in, in his 70s or whatever it is yeah so um what did you think did you think that this was like Rashid was there the first time he met Louis um I'm not sure I don't think so because it doesn't necessarily play in um but maybe I, I mean Rashid clearly doesn't have the same um, human response to being fed on that other people do. Maybe Rashid's something else. His eyes um, are normal. Yep. So he does not look like he's a vampire. So I guess Bruce's we'll eyes to... were like orange, same yep. as um, everybody Claudia's. else's. Yeah. 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 Um, so that I think we're going to have to wait and see. Um, what I did think was, well, I thought that the the interaction between Daniel and Louis was very interesting and you kind of see where they started and how they they met up. Um, I thought that whoever they got to do this scene, it was it was a different actor, right? They didn't just age him, but they did a really good job at casting. Like the guy has his mannerisms down. It was really, I thought, well done. His speech was very close, almost to the point where I was like, did they just loop in Bogosian here? Yeah, right. Like it felt a little like that. So anyway, I liked that scene. I also thought that the um, one of the things that I think that the series does really well in terms of showing the different times that they're in is just impeccable, like stylistic and costuming and hairstyles and things like that. So um, the the suit that Louis is wearing here is like very... (laughs) Very seventies. His hair is all done up, and mm-hmm. um, and it's even this interaction between him and Daniel. He's clearly reading Daniel's mind and says, "I know like what trouble you're in, and I can get you the good stuff." So obviously, he knows that uh, Daniel has a, an addiction issue, but he also is honest with him and tells him he's a vampire. Right. Kind of knowing that Daniel's not going to believe him, but Daniel kind of was like, well, we should just have an interview, right? Yeah. Um, so that I thought was kind of a cool thing to see their dynamic then um, and see what it has become. So I hope we see maybe a little bit more of the flashback, um, but we'll have to to wait and see. But I, yeah, the Rashid thing is still a little bit of a mystery. I guess we'll find out more in the next episode. Also, um, what happened in this episode was uh, Louis offered offers Malloy the gift because he's yeah. like at this point when I was when we were first doing our interview this is where you first asked me to make you a vampire and mm-hmm. Malloy's like oh I felt like you were wasting it 
And Louis just like, I'll give it to you now. Um, yep. And and now, uh, but this time, Malloy's like, what? So I can watch my daughter's divorce and die? Yeah, no. give it, give it to the rent boy. Speaking about Rashid, who's Rashid, in the room, yeah, um, who might actually be a vampire already. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was a very interesting uh, exchange there too. Right. And then there's also um, the other thing I think we forgot to mention is that when Lestat is bringing Claudia back, he specifically mentions what happened to her uh, with Bruce yeah. in more certain terms. Um, yeah. And so I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, and it's really uh, like not even a veiled threat that he is. He's basically saying, you know, what do you think is out there in the world for you? And, and it uh, could happen again. Right. And it's interesting because it, it's not exactly like he's offering her um, a soothing and wonderful existence, right? Because <laughs> he's pretty abusive himself. Um, so it's interesting that he thinks that that is a better alternative for her um, and that she would think it so. Um, but it's it's not. It's I not don't think he's part. offering her a better alternative at all. It's just no. like, you make Louis happy or I will kill you or yeah. destroy yeah. you or whatever. Yeah. You it's know? very, it's... It's very interesting. So anyway, um, sorry, I didn't mean to go back, but I just thought that that no, was totally. interesting that he invoked that specific thing, which obviously she's still like tra traumatized by. Also, um, a huge reveal here is that Bruce is still alive. I kind of thought that she'd gotten the better of him and gotten so away from I. him. So but no, I. Bruce, he's just out there thinking of her frequently is what Lestat yep. says. Yep. It's super creepy. Yep. Um, which, you know, from a, somebody who's since she sur survived this assault, like one of the scariest things for an assault victim is to know that your person is still out there. And um, he can hear her thoughts potentially. And he can hear her thoughts potentially, or not even just her thoughts, but I think that the threat that Lestat is kind of putting out there is that, oh, I can hear the thoughts. You could also imply that he could probably call Bruce to him too and mm -hmm. tell him where she is, which I thought was a bit of what he was trying to say to her. Yeah, maybe. Um, so anyway, so I have a feeling he's going to pop up again, maybe. Um, and then the other thing that popped up here is that um, Lestat also had another lover named Nikki, right? That he made a song for. Right. Um, and so that was definitely uh, something that was news to Louis. Um, and, you know, Claudia is definitely trying to erode um, the relationship between Louis or the hold that Lestat has over Louis by basically saying, look, this is you're just another sort of pawn to him. Like you're mm -hmm. no different than in what happened to Nikki and all this other stuff. So that I thought was other. And and again, for the if you read the vampire Lestat, Nikki is a specific character in there. Um, so we'll have to see if he pops up at some point. So fascinating so i'm yeah. like i think it's not that hard to read it's been a really interesting show so far yeah. i'm really enjoying it i'm kind of bummed that it's only seven episodes i wish they would uh, part of me wishes they would do the whole book but i mean I hopefully they'll get a chance to do more of it in a, in a second season i don't know if the show has been renewed oh yes so it has been yay that's good. terrific um so i i would say that um this is such a well done show that I was hoping that it would be. Um, so, so I'm very glad to see that it was renewed. Um, but I don't know when it will happen. So I don't know when the, they will be working on this for the next one. So, um, you know, my guess is probably if, if they're really fast about it, maybe next fall. I don't know. 
Yeah. But it's a pretty it's a pretty intense production, so with a lot of detail. So um maybe I'm hoping that they already had the second second season written, right? So maybe they can jump into it in the new year. <laughs> so Yeah. Very very much hoping so. So I've really enjoyed this and I'm uh can't wait to talk about the the last episode to see where they wrap up. Absolutely. Me too. Um so why don't we uh, get back together and finish up this season next time we get uh, we talk on reanimated? Ha, what do you think? That sounds good. So um, go go ahead, Stuart, because you know <laughs> I never have it right. <laughs> so you can always email us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail You can find all of our episodes on uh, line at reanimated.podbean.com. Holler at us uh, online in a, in a few different ways. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be back with more Interview with the Vampire again uh, in a, about a week or so. So thanks for listening, everybody. Indeed. Until next time, ciao and happy holidays, all. Happy, happy. Happy.